morning, friends, and uh, one of the unexpected blessings that I'm thankful for today is that there's actually people here. Um, we have a little text group with all the local pastors. I was texting around saying, how many people do you think are going to show up? And there was a few people who were like, yeah, nobody. Probably nobody's going to show up. So I'm, I'm not thankful for that, that unexpected blessing. But at, at Thanksgiving, the, the most common Bible story that we hear is the story of the ten lepers, that is, ten men who have this permanent debilitating sickness called leprosy. Jesus is traveling the road to the city of Jerusalem. They're sitting on the side of the road. They call out to him, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They see him as this kind of master, kind of lord of God over their life, but not somebody who necessarily is filled with compassion and actually wants to help them. They're asking for the same kind of help that a poor person would ask just for money. Jesus decides to help them. He heals all ten of them as they head to the priests. Only one man comes back to say thank you. And Jesus says, was there nobody to pray to God except this poor that's the attitude that uh, the Bible tends to have about Thanksgiving. You know, we in America, we kind of make a, a big deal out of Thanksgiving. The Bible just assumes, it expects that most people, most of the time, will give thanks. Most people, most of the time, will give thanks. It recognizes that the greatest ingratitude of our lives would be kind of a, a cosmic ingratitude where we operate with this mindset that says, uh, we just expect to be here. It even says sometimes that, that there are unexpected times or unexpected events when we should give thanks. I would think then of the, the time that Jesus was celebrating the Last Supper with his disciples, the night that Jesus was betrayed. He's arrested. He's having this famous dinner with his disciples that we call the Passover. So they're celebrating the Passover together. As part of that Passover meal, they pass around anywhere from three to seven glasses of wine. We don't know exactly how they did it at that time. Sounds like a nice meal, though, doesn't it? I wouldn't mind being part of that meal. Sharing a glass of wine. Jesus raises this glass of wine and they have a toast together. And he says as part of that toast, gave thanks. Now, nobody is surprised right away when he gives thanks for right a glass of wine. You think, it's a joke. What else would you do? You're with your friends. Well, I ask you, when do you have toasts and give thanks? I would expect you to have toasts and you give thanks at parties, right? You're having a wedding. Your dad has a toast. You're having a graduation. There's a toast. You get promoted at work. There's a toast. You quit your job. There's a toast. Maybe, maybe not. Some of us someday, right? You have a toast when there's a party, when there's a celebration. The glass that Jesus raised was a glass remembering the lamb that was killed. So that there was blood over the doorsteps or the doorways and the Israelites from leave Egypt. That's why they had those. To this day, that cup is called the cup of thanksgiving. 
as we remember Jesus' bloody death for us. Not exactly a kind of celebration. I, I don't think of, I never once have thought about communion as a toast. Right? And yet that's how the Bible thinks about Thanksgiving sometimes. It, it's filled with times of unexpected thanks. It's not so many times that I would say it's like on every page. I mean, it's, it's not like every moment in the Bible is an unexpected thing, but it shows up often enough. Jonah is in the belly of the great fish in the bottom of the sea, and he says, with shouts of great praise, shouts of thanksgiving, I will praise you. Dude, you're stuck in a fish in the bottom of the sea. Not exactly a time for crazy things, huh? You know, Daniel, Daniel is in Babylon, far away from his hometown, and the king forbids prayer to his God. Daniel goes through his window every day, like he always has, three times, and he prays, and he, you guessed it, he gives thanks. Really? You're, in a, you're a slave in a foreign country, forbidden to pray to your own God, and you're still giving thanks? The Bible is this got enough of those times of unexpected things that you and I realize Christian thanks is not like turkeys and stuffing, which I'm not thankful for that much anyway, but the cranberry jelly, that I'm very thankful for. It's not like that though, is it? Christian thanks is an unexpected thanks. And that's what the Apostle Paul wants to remind you and I today when he puts up these passages, these verses here. Uh, for example, we read this one from 1 Thessalonians, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. As far as the slides, you can just go back to the unexpected, go back to the unexpected things and just leave it there. Or in another place, the Apostle Paul says, Rejoice always, to pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. See, most of us, most of the time, we know to, to give thanks. We give thanks when things are good, when we get good things in our lives. The Bible also expects that we will give thanks in all circumstances, giving thanks for sometimes the unexpected things. The times that we might even say are bad. So what does that mean? Think about that for a second. You know, there's no command in the Bible to, to give thanks in the beginning. When you open the, the beginning chapters of the Bible, nobody has to say give thanks. Genesis chapters 1, 2, 3, there's, there's no command. Instead, it, it's kind of like everybody just knew you were supposed to give thanks. It was just part of their life. Because thanks is simply two things. First, it's praise. It's speaking well about somebody else. And then secondly, it's grace. It's recognizing that you have something that you haven't earned or deserved. The basic idea of thanksgiving is to speak well of somebody for something that you haven't deserved. And so you might say thank you to your boss when you get your paycheck on Friday, you don't have to go, because as soon as he gives you the job, you deserve to get paid for it. You might say thank you to your teacher for the grades, 
You don't have to go because you earned those raises. What we do normally say thank you for is uh, somebody opened the door. Thanks. You didn't have to do that. Thanks for getting that thing down off the top shelf at Walmart. Like the region of this. Thanks for coming and shoveling my driveway out because I just couldn't get out of the driveway. Right? Thanks for coming over and helping turn on my feet because the the gas the, the little gas knob was stuck down there. Right? We say thanks for those things, the little unexpected gifts in our lives. And, and you can see right there what thanks is. It's praise, it's speaking well of somebody for something that we don't deserve. It's an unexpected gift. There are those times, right, that we speak well of something. And that's why, that's why Christians should always give thanks. We have a God who is so great. He's so awesome, so magnificent. Right? The triune God is beyond all of our imagination. He's somebody we should always speak well of. But he's not just somebody who is impressive and beyond our imagination. He's also somebody who is good to us when we don't deserve it. Isn't he? Hasn't he been good to you and I in the past year, the past weeks, even the past days? None of us lost our home to die in this storm. He's been good to us. That's grace. That's something that we don't deserve. Christians, then, shouldn't just give thanks for the good stuff. Christians also give unexpected thanks. What might that look like? What does it look like to give unexpected thanks? Imagine that you're the lady of the house. You're home, you're the lady of the house, and, and a male figure comes into your house. Now, if that male figure is your husband, and he's holding a cup of coffee, not just any coffee, it's the first winter mocha, that is a good moment. Your heart would probably be filled with what we call gratitude, the spirit of thanks, right? You're very happy. And you might even say thanks, right into the moment your husband says, nope, that's not much yours, that's not <laughs> but if that little male figure is your three-year-old son, and the cup he's holding in his hand is what he calls a mud shake, and he's covered in sand and in dirt, and it's been all stirred up with full of sand, you will not feel any gratitude. You will feel a lot of frustration as your floor gets covered in dirt. And you will feel a lot of frustration as you see all of those clothes that are going to have to get washed for the 15th time that day. Should you still give thanks? Absolutely you should, shouldn't you? Because either way, it's a reason to praise. Right? Whether you are praising your husband for doing something that, well, maybe husbands shouldn't do it, but it's kind of unique. Or you're praising your three-year-old son for recognizing just how important it is to show a love and affection for his mom. And it's undeserved. And I know that you know, as a mom, you work hard, you deserve a lot of things in life, but you don't actually deserve to get that, that cup of coffee. You don't actually you haven't earned that little mud shake from your three-year-old son. You should still get thanks. It's unexpected. See, and this is what the picture of the Bible shows us over and over. Even if we don't feel gratitude, there's plenty of times when you and I should give thanks. So what might be some times when you and I give this unexpected thanks? 
Instead of talking about a silver lining in the cloud, what are some times when you and I might give thanks? How about when God doesn't do what we want? One of the things the Apostle Paul tells us, he says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. We have to remember as we, we read through the Bible that God can do more of things than we could ever imagine. And so when he doesn't do what he, we want, it's probably because he's doing what he wants, which is going to be way better than what we want. So when you are sick and you aren't getting better, can you give thanks? And when you don't get the new job that you want, can you give thanks? And when politics don't work out the way you want, can you give thanks? And when your business is not going the way you want, can you give thanks? And when you can't find the boyfriend or the girlfriend that you want, can you give thanks? When you don't get the kids that you want, can you give thanks? And when we don't get what we want, that's still a time to give thanks. How about when God doesn't tell us why? Life is full of all kinds of things that happen that, that frustrate us, confuse us. Why did this situation turn out the way it did? Why can't I get along with my co-workers? Why can't I fix my finances? Why can't life go differently? The Apostle Paul again in another place says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Can we trust that when things are not understood by us, that God is working His way? I would, I would like to think about this. Just think about all of the times in our lives when my kids come to me and they say, why, Dad? Why are you doing it that way? And I think, I can't explain to them the physics of how a drill and a door works in 30 seconds. They would understand it anyway. And God is so much smarter, I'm sorry to say it, right? You and I are, are foolish and dumb compared to the difference between me and my son. And you, you and I, we sit here and we say all the time, why, God, can't we trust that maybe his way is a reason for which we should even give thanks? Or how about we give thanks for weaknesses and failures? The Apostle Paul in another place says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Can you give thanks for the failures and the weaknesses that you have in your life when things are falling apart and not working out the way that you want them to? Can you give thanks for the discomfort and the pain? Do you know that, that ten, those ten lepers, the one who got healed, think about what he was giving thanks for. It's easy to say he was giving thanks because he was better. Paul Brand did research on leprosy about a hundred years ago, and he figured out that leprosy is essentially the numbing of your senses. When you get leprosy, all your senses stop healing. So that leper came back to thank God because he couldn't feel. He could feel it. Are there days where you don't want to feel? Do you wish you couldn't feel the pain? This leper gave thanks to God that he could feel the pain again in his life. Wouldn't it be nice some days to not feel that pain? One of the things that we thank God for is discomfort and pain. The Apostle Paul says we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Or the Apostle Paul says in another place, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Can you give thanks for the sorrow in your life? It would be nice to always be happy 
wouldn't it? But Paul reminds us that God uses sorrow to work good things for us. Those are all, all kinds of ways that we should give unexpected things. Unexpected things for the discomfort and the pain and the sorrow and the confusion and even the lack of life turning out the way that we would like it to. And friends, if you're like me and you have a hard time giving unexpected things, let me give you this picture to think about a little bit. Imagine that you're a gardener and you've been building a beautiful garden. In the center of that garden, there's this beautiful rose bush. And on that rose bush, there's one rose, and you've been tending that rose so carefully, and it's the most amazing rose in the whole garden. You love to just sit in that garden and stare at that bush. Get that garden in, in your mind. Maybe some of you have that garden at home. So you're staring at that rose bush, and you just enjoy that rose. Until one day, you come to your garden, and it's gone. You're furious. That darn kid broke in your garden and stole your rose. How dare you? You're angry. You're upset. Until another servant comes in and says, Oh, the king was walking through your garden. And he saw the rose. And he saw how beautiful it was. And he took it. He took it for himself. And shouldn't you and I say, friends, everything that we have belongs to the king? And who am I to be sad about it anyway? In fact, shouldn't I give thanks that he took it for himself? Friends, did you see that you and I are the rose? Haven't we made projects out of our lives to fix ourselves, to make things so wonderful? So we can have a reason to give thanks. And then all of a sudden, something gets snatched out of our lives. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's our family. Maybe it's our spouse. Maybe it's our health. It gets taken out of our lives. And we say, God, what did you do to us? How could you take this from me? And can't you realize that maybe God sees how beautiful the rose is already? And he just wanted it for himself. He took what already belonged to him. He sent his own son to spill his blood, to give his blood, so that you and I could be bought for himself. We are that cup now of thanksgiving that he has taken for himself and a reason for us to offer him to always give thanks. So when you find yourself losing something from your life, find yourself not having that thing that you want, realize that thing that's missing from your life. It's a reason for him, you to know that he took you, that he's got you, that he spent his life, his death, his blood on you. It's a reason for you to give him thanks. So this Thanksgiving, let's also give God our unexpected thanks. Fill your heart, fill your life, fill your mouth with that unexpected thanks, and I will join you in that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for not only all the normal things for which we give thanks, the food and the family and the friends and everything else, but also, and probably more importantly, the unexpected things. 
Thanks for not telling us why all the things happen the way they do. Thanks for not doing everything that we want. Thanks for even sometimes the discomfort and the hurt and the pain in our lives. Thanks for the sorrow. All so that we can trust you and the good things that you are doing for us. Let our hearts be filled this Thanksgiving with unexpected thanks as we express that gratitude to you now with a great song and a great offering. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join with me in that offering, if you'd like, uh, an offering of maybe unexpected thanks from some of us. And then let's join together and give thanks to God as we bring our offering forward here with our hymn as well. We'll sing the power of the cross today as our offering. Jim, can you just bring the offering forward and put it up for us, please? <laughs> 